Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Over the holidays and into the new year, we'll still be publishing new shows to keep you up to speed with the NFL playoff race, the NBA, and award season. We've published some great episodes in the month of December, including two rewatchables on Happy Gilmore and The Godfather Part 2. Chris interviewed Watchmen showrunner Damon Lindelof on The Watch, and The Ringer NBA show ranked the top 25 players of the 2019-2020 season so far. Lastly, happy holidays from The Ringer. Welcome to Bachelor Party. It is part three of the most dramatic season ever countdown. Today we are covering numbers 20 to 11. Mm-hmm. And I am joined by Mina Kimes. Welcome, Mina. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm thrilled to have you for a couple of reasons. Last week with Amy, I think I teased that I perhaps was going to have Jay and Tanner on to do this with oh, me. Oh, no. So I'm a letdown. Well, I don't consider you a letdown <laughs> at all because I ran into you over the weekend. And I was like, God, I really should have Mina on. And then Jay and Tanner couldn't do it. And no problem at all. Wish them the best. Happy holidays. Hope to meet them soon. Mm. And I'm really glad you're here because you are like just maybe the purest fan (laughs) I know um, who doesn't have any official association with the show. And you've seen a lot of this program. What was your first season watching? That's a great question. It was Trista, actually. But I didn't, I haven't seen all the seasons. I think last time you had me on, I kind of, alluded to my bachelor history. Um, I took a few you breaks say, there. Like, you, you're like embarrassed by it right now. <laughs> oh, I'm not. No. No, not at all. No, I feel like you're embarrassed by the break. Not oh. how much you've seen. <laughs> yes, that's true. I'm much more embarrassed by the gaps in my knowledge rather than the depth of my knowledge, um, which I'm not embarrassed. I don't know if you saw, there was a tweet that went around that was like a setup for a quote retweet. It said, you know, what would you give your TED Talk on? This would be it for me. Oh, 100%, my God. 100%. The Bachelor. Wow. I mean, this is... When you texted me, I wrote back, it feels so good to have my useless knowledge <laughs> validated, finally. I think when I saw you at the party you referenced, yeah. I asked to be back, which I never want to be that thirsty <laughs> podcast guest. Like, if I saw Bill Simmons walking around here, I wouldn't say, hey, Bill, can I come back on your podcast? Right. Like, but, hey, Bill, good to see you. Keep but moving. for you, I my thirst is unabashed. Well, it was very fun when you were on in the spring. And this is sort of, we're about to get into the real sweet spot of this show. And there's a lot to cover. There's some really good seasons here. I'm curious to see how you feel about this ranking. I did share it with Mm. you in advance so you could be prepared. But we didn't really, like, have a dialogue about it. So everything you're going to hear will be unfiltered. (laughs) I did want to just touch on two, a few pieces of news really briefly before we get into it. One, one thing I've yet to hit on is Tyler hiding all of his pictures with Hannah from his profile. How do you feel about that? I know. I learned about this from my favorite website, the Bachelor subreddit. Oh, my God. Which I just, it's my favorite subreddit. And I, somebody, if you looked at my subreddits, the ones I follow, it uh-huh. would be like a weird glimpse into my brain because every single other one is sports. Do you ever post? Um, I posted once. Oh. Because somebody asked if I lurked on there. <laughs> And I said, yes, I do. I love it. Incredible. I love it because I feel like many of the uh, posters there share my opinions and sensibilities. Mm. But uh, so that's how I learned about this latest Tyler development and most Tyler news they alert me to. We're recording this today. It's today's a Wednesday. Um, Yeah. 
And he posted like a legit thirst trap on his Instagram today. It's like a black and white photo of him. I haven't him seen it yet. Shirtless. shirtless. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, I. in fact, I, I commented thirst trap. No response from Tyler yet. <laughs> um, but it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So yeah, he he hid, deleted, probably just archived, you know, all of his posts of him and Hannah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Right now, Mina's looking at the shirtless black and white Tyler picture. It's almost too much. It's a lot. I don't like an overly toned, muscular man. <laughs> this is why I, I didn't think going into this Hannah season that I would like Tyler, because it was a lot of this, and I thought it was kind of corny. Yeah. I actually think he's gotten more ripped since being on the show. Too ripped. Too, honestly, that is a thing for me. I don't, I, it's, it's what I call the Ryan Reynolds. It's too ripped. Ooh. And anyway, the, the Kumail, what's his name? The Kumail <laughs> Too ripped. Did you see that? That's now the like. It's like a cover image on Pornhub for a certain kind of oh, porn. God. He posted that on on his Instagram. Too too many veins on the arms. It's insane. Is he image. in a Marvel movie? Like what's going that on? That was the yeah backstory. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's always the answer these days. So yeah, Tyler yeah. getting petty, little petty. Is it petty or I mean I guess there's no other reason why you do that, right? Maybe for people to notice. I think he knows that everything he does is tracked. There's also the weird Dylan Barber unfollowing Hannah drama, which, yeah, again, Bachelor subreddit. But which, again, hints at some underlying drama we don't know about. With whom? Well, Hannah, I guess. Oh. But but if that following that sort of triangle, you know, Dylan and Tyler are friends. Yes. So clearly. uh, Something might be. I'm Team Hannah in all things. So. I like her a lot. She was a great bachelorette and she gave us a lot, gave us the TV public a lot. We're going to get into this in one <laughs> second, but one final question for you. You are a noted Seahawks super fan. Yes. As is Peter Weber. Oh no. And how did you feel about, Roger and I discussed this a few days ago, how did you feel about the video that he posted okay. with Tyler and Dustin doing the new edition dance that the week before the Seahawk receiver yes. core had done? Thank you for asking me. I liked the content. <laughs> However, Peter, if you're listening, I know probably not, but definitely not. Someone get this message to him. Stop wearing a 12 jersey. That's like an embarrassing stereotype of Seahawks fans that we wear these because it's like tw- the 12th the, man. Yeah, but, but don't wear the 12 jersey, dude. Like, get what you would know, be the cool jersey for him to wear? Roger uh, and I actually discussed this. Get as like well. a Bobby Wagner jersey, mm. bro. And okay. I'm actually warming up to Peter, and I'm pretty stoked for the season. Mm, me have, too. I'm unspoiled. I've looked at the bios, and I'm really glad that a fellow Seahawks fan is on the season. But I, he, it's a lot of responsibility, and I would like him to be a little cooler about it. I really hope the Seahawks go to the Super Bowl for the Peter content. Oh, oh my God. I'll and be, for you, of I'll course. I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> I could use that to have him on my football podcast. <laughs> That'd be great. You could get him. A- ABC, ESPN crossover. You could definitely get Seems him. Seems very gettable. Yeah. Definitely. I think also for the Daily. The ESPN Daily that, you're, that you do every Might day. Might alienate the audience in uh, many, many different ways. But well, yes, yes. It wouldn't the, alienate me. Right. Yeah, no, it, it, the, the ESPN Daily is only 20 minutes. Well, and two could go to Peter. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he'd be your co-host for the day. Maybe. I I would like to meet him. The I'll Disney Corporation is all about cross synergy. A lot of, we do do platforms. a lot of synergies. Go see Star Wars. Yes, correct. Just came out. Yeah. All right, Mina. I'm sure we'll we'll hit back on many of these topics as we go. But here we go. Number 20. Okay. Season 22 of The Bachelor. Ari Leyendijk Jr. It premiered January 1st, 2018, which I honestly can't believe is basically two years ago. I feel like my life has flashed before my eyes since Ari was The Bachelor. I feel like it was absolutely yesterday. The winner, of course, Lauren Burnham, kind of. The (laughs) runner-up, Becca Kufrin, kind of. They went to Fort Lauderdale, Tahoe, Paris, and Peru. The biggest villain was Crystal. 
They had some musical acts I'd never heard of. And of course, this season was not particularly compelling, but it had one of the most compelling hours of reality television of all time. And as a result, I felt it had to be top 20. Do you agree? You mentioned Pornhub earlier. (laughs) I did. (laughs) I I literally mentioned it. That breakup, honestly, the way it was shot and just everything about it, it really looked like a porn. (laughs) Uh, Becca was here a couple weeks ago. Was Um, she cool? She was really cool. Really nice. Mm. Seems totally content in life. Uh, I honestly think she may hate me now because I put her season really low and was like pretty uncharitable about it. But like Mm. it's nothing to do with her as a human. It was just about the the quality of television. The quality of the season. Honestly, if anything, it's inverse to how good you are as a human. (laughs) If you're a good person, it's probably a bad season. As we're going to go over today in particular. Um, And (laughs) anyway, she was saying she had to stay in that house for three days no, after the breakup. She no. stayed there. Yes. Well, I would just leave. I know. What are they going to do? Actually sue you? And that's the thing about Ari. Why didn't he leave I mean, that house? The whole, the whole, I mean, where to begin? She told him to leave and he did not leave. He is truly, he to me exemplifies how in the Bachelor verse, mm-hmm. all you need to do to rede- completely redeem your image is just stay with someone else totally. in the Bachelor verse, and if you have a baby, done deal. I know because people are so happy they that like him and him Lauren now. are still together. And they, uh, to be fair, they seem very happy. They seem they, they very obviously should have been together the yes. entire time. And Arizona is the perfect state of residence for them. <laughs> Everything about it it's works checks out. Yes, and makes sense completely. Remember, remember yeah. when they went to that apartment that was like allegedly his, but <laughs> clearly was not. <laughs> so weird. Clearly was not. And also, I would say Ari's season is my favorite Reddit season. Because mm. a lot of old dirt was dug up about Ari, and it became a kind of resource because people didn't really rem- he a lot of people didn't remember him, and he hadn't been in in the system for several years. There was a lot. <laughs> <The system. laughs> yeah, that's what it is. He wasn't. You know, he's like a football player who goes and plays in the CFL for a few yes. years, and suddenly resurfaces on a practice squad Absol- somewhere. Absolutely. As a result, a lot of the things people were posting on Reddit got a lot of traction because there wasn't much else to pull from. And so Mm -hmm. it was a kind of a critical season for the Reddit culture that that now accompanies the show. I have talked about this a lot in recent weeks. I definitely, over the summer, went way too deep on Bachelor Reddit because I just, like, would wake up and I'd be like, well, I'm going to check Bachelor Reddit. What's up today? (laughs) And it it was not healthy for me. In general, like that kind of dependency on a, a, a platform on the internet is not healthy for me. However, <laughs> I do think it's like a big part of the show's culture. And I do, and I think it really came into its own during Ari season. Interesting. And, yeah. Because that was where a lot of things started to surface about rumors about him and Jeff having a Jeff 1F having a falling out. I heard about that. Yes. Courtney oh, Robertson had a lot of stories about him that like somehow got transmuted over to Reddit. They were friends. They had fellow dated, Arizonan, fellow Arizonan, <laughs> all this stuff. And I feel hmm. like it, I actually wasn't like hip on it as it was happening, which I'm happy about. But after the fact, would like go back and read it. That's interesting. I mean, they also, I, as I recall, the subreddit hated him. Yes. Which if they hate, because they love Hannah, if they hate you, I think the content might even be better because yes. they're fine. They're digging up so much great information. The girls, I mean, there were no, you know, you, typically as we go through seasons, I think you find more actual problematic dirt on the male contestants on the Bachelorette seasons. The girls are usually, although actually there's been some instances, I think, of finding bad, you know, 
racist social sure. media posts and stuff. I don't remember. Tracy if this, from Colton yeah, sees a stylist. Yes. She was like, had some pretty yep, bad tweets. Some bad tweets. Um, the number one like story that came out during our season was absolutely hilarious, which was Becca, who I call oh. baby Becca, or AKA Becca. There was a story from her home county about her being reported missing by her mm. mom. And it was like, just so weird and so, inexplicable. I almost want to talk more about Bika than sure. Ari. I'd love to get into Bika. She was the most interesting. Far thing more about interesting. And I feel like I completely misjudged her because during the season, you know, there was this whole narrative. Is she actually ready for marriage? She's too young. She's too young. And I was like, that chick just wants to be an influencer. She's not into any of this. Then boom, she leaves the season, gets pregnant, gets married. I don't know if she's married, but not married, is but in a committed relationship. Yeah. And completely proves me wrong because I had no idea that that was in her. Are you aware that she's pregnant again? I am. Yes. I do follow so her you do on follow Instagram. Her Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So she's influenced me. Um, and she's gotten um, hair extensions. And now she has long hair. I think I also expected her to be a recurring character in the Bachelorverse forever, uh, which obviously, if you have a baby, that kind of takes you out of the BIP. Sure situation because she was just so compelling. She yeah. was so compelling. And I think that's because she really was her own person and like yes. th- thought for herself. Totally. And that's re- unfortunately quite refreshing on this show. <laughs> um, yeah. And she also like, Ari had a, like a really outsized response, in my opinion, to finding out her age. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember, but he was like, oh my God. Yeah. And like his head is in his hand. Because he was old too yes. for a bachelor. Yeah, I mean, he, he was, was on the older side. Yes, he was in his late 30s. And he wore a lot of cardigans and was like, I don't know. I just love to go to sleep before 11 now. And I was like, Ari, me too. As a fellow yes. person in her 30s, me as well. Um, but yeah, she she was the most interesting. And like the girls were kind of mean to her. She was kind of one of two lightning rods. The other was Crystal, who is, of course, now married to Goose. Also, just forget Ari. Talk about a redemption narrative. Absolutely. Who, who other than Crystal? They have to be. You should do an episode on like the top 10 redemption. They've got to be one A and one B. In Bachelor Nation. Uh, yeah, they're definitely up there. I mean, Crystal's is pretty unbelievable. I think Olivia is pretty high, too, because Olivia— Oh, like, we're going to get to that, right? Yeah, yeah. Olivia uh, Olivia has a podcast people really like, whatever. Actually, we'll come back to her, as you said. <laughs> but Crystal was hated, and she spoke in this voice that oh was so annoying. And then it turned out when she had to paradise, that's not what she sounds like. So it was like, why did she talk that way? Um, Juliet, are we going to talk about this season? And the fact that she was so hated was also complicated by the fact that she had a pretty tragic story, but it was hard to tell yeah. like, what the truth was. She had been homeless for a time. Her brother was run away living on the street and just a lot of very serious stuff. But she was part of an infamous off-camera moment. The bus. The bus, where she was referring to Ari as not Peter and the other women were really mad about it. And... I mean, As they should be. I girl, mean, I get Peter. it. Yeah, I mean, I think we're doing Rachel's season, right? Okay, well, we yeah. Peter, to me, is the hottest contestant that's ever been on the show, so many, I completely Many, get it. many people agree with you. I Many. Yes. Definitely one of the best gap tooth I've ever seen. But Crystal was deeply irritating. Yes, she I mean, I, the, when they would gang up on her and such, I was always on their side. Yeah, uh, of course. I would say another, like, high point of this otherwise dull season was Ari's family, who was just, like, iconically disinterested in everything <laughs> having to do with the show. Ari Sr. was not impressed. He was not not into it. But I want to go back to when they went to Arizona for a one-on-one in episode two or three. Crystal got that date. Oh, and, and then she met Ari's mom, who was her future self. Yes, exactly. They Chilling. looked alike. And he had that. He took her to her, like, his quote-unquote apartment. But it was clearly, like, an Airbnb. Yeah. 
It's and it was just such a, it was so weird. Everything that kind of summed up the season. Everything was a little bit off and like didn't really, <laughs> didn't really work. And then it builds to this incredible finale, which because everyone has ended up happy, is kind of like fun to talk about. There's no residual therapy or anything like that. Everyone's doing great. But it, it, Becca and I discussed it. So I, I recommend going back to listen to that, that pod. And it, she really is lovely and was a great guest. It was just, absolutely wild to watch it in the split screen. The split screen is probably the single best creative decision the show's ever made. (laughs) I'm not joking, though. I I wholeheartedly believe that. And not just, they made her watch it. Yes. I think that's, that was the most. She hadn't seen it beforehand. That, I think, is the most cruel aspect of all of this. And there's many cruel uh, facets to this story. Facets. Yes. (laughs) Um, I didn't know they made her stay there for three days. Good Lord. Presumably she could have left, but like, what was yeah. she going to do? And she's so upset. I, I probably would remain in the same place, but it's insane. She, I, I, the house is like, a, to me, essentially haunted. It's like, everyone keeps telling me, you got to watch the marriage story. Yeah, I watched it. I don't want to watch that. It, that's, it reminds me, the trailer reminded me of this breakup. <laughs> it was the original marriage story. <laughs> like, I don't want no to watch it. Noted Bachelor fan. <laughs> I don't want to watch a hyper-realistic breakup in real time. Yeah. It's, de- it's depressing. It was just crazy. And... Ari just was so ill-suited for the peak Bachelor. Because when he was on it, he was on Emily Maynard season. And the show was popular. But it was it was pre-social media, really. Yep. So I don't think he was ready for the world he was being thrust into. And I think you could kind of see it on his face in the breakup. And not obviously, he also was interesting. knew he would be hurting someone's feelings deeply and breaking an engagement and all this stuff. But I don't think... Because he went to the show to tell them about the breakup. Like... Jason Mesnick didn't do it in the same way. Yeah. And I don't think he was prepared for like what You think it, he got played a little? A little. A little. I mean, and which most people would assign the responsibility for him, but I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, which is he is probably the least media conscious bachelor slash bachelorette, even con- including contestants, that we've had in years. Yeah. And I think it is an age thing. And I think he had no idea how any of this would go down. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Number 19. Season 20 of The Bachelor, Ben Higgins. Your favorite. Perfect Ben. That was the tagline for the season, the perfect Ben, like the perfect 10. Oh. But the perfect Ben. Ben was a young bachelor. He was 26 at the time. He had come in third on Caitlin Bristow's season. Mm -hmm. I distinctly recall after his overnight date, there was a shot of him like just like walking with his chin held so high (laughs) as he like walked back to his own place there in Ireland. I think Ben had, like, universal approval rating from the very beginning. It's hard for me to say, though, because I was, like, always such yeah, a fan. Yeah, I think you're kind of in the tank a little bit. I'm so in the tank, but I'll just share some other facts about the season. Premiere January 4th, 2016. Pretty high ratings. Almost 10 million average for the wow. season, which I think is, like, kind of the—is basically the, the best rated of the second half of the show's franchise. Lauren Bushnell won, of course. They went on to have the follow-up show um, on Freeform, which was terrible. JoJo Fletcher came in second. He told both of them that he loved them. Probably the best place they went to was Pig Island in, in, oh, yeah. in the Caribbean, which has since become an Instagram thing that people do a lot. That was the first time I had ever seen Pig Island. Me too, yeah. and now it's like all over Instagram. Yeah. The, the Chris Paul and family went there over the summer. They had some good guests. They had the U.S. Women's National Team on it The like at, right after they had won in 2015. Huge. Huge. Uh, they had Ice Cube and Kevin Hart. They had George Hill and Paul George, both at the time of the Indiana Pacers, Ben's wow. team. And I think that this is kind of underrated for the women that were on it. But he had Olivia Caridi, more on her second. Mm-hmm. Lace, who was so wasted her first Lace. night. 
Amanda Stanton, who I always had a strong distaste for. Is that her OG season? Yes. Mm. He went to Orange County to meet her children on the beach. In Laguna, in fact. Oh, she was fine on four. Yes. Not fine. She was fourth. She came Who was in. third? Kayla. Kayla Quinn. Oh, yep, yep. Not the bat. She's not JoJo, you know? Not JoJo. Becca Tilly had been on Chris Soul this season and asked to come back uh, to be on Ben's. And I had forgotten that Becca went really far in Chris's season. Chris had a sneaky best girl season. He had Jade. He had Ashley. He had Becca. A lot of legends. A lot of legends. Um, and then, of course, the twins were on Ben's season. Emily and Haley. For I remember reason. he went on a date where he eliminated one of them. And then they, of course, put them on a two-on-one. Yeah. And then he went to, like, their quote-unquote childhood home or something and then left in a car with well, just one. I truly cannot tell the difference between them. And Me I neither. Right. I, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Ben wouldn't do that in real life. I'm surprised he like, agreed to do that. He's like, uh, he's honestly really nice. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, this <laughs> e- okay. Oh, well, let's talk about Olivia. Let's talk about okay. Olivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The most savage thing that happened on this season and like a top 10 savage moment. Olivia goes on a two-on-one. It's in, it's in the Caribbean. She loses. I forget who else on the date. They leave her on the island. They show it's a it's a cloudy day. A storm is clearly about to come in. It seems like she's like alone. Yeah, I remember this. And it's really windy. And so all women have this. All humans have this, where there's like a you know a little hair all over your face. And they show like her peach fuzz just like in the wind. And I think it's really cruel. And when they do shots like that, I'm just like, okay, the producer really didn't like didn't Olivia. like you. Well, clearly they didn't like her because. Her biggest crimes on the show, as I recall, were being pushy. Like, they'd be in a group's date, and she'd always be the one to isolate Ben. Like, I remember they went yes. to, like, a market or something, and she insisted on partnering with him. That, and then also saying a lot of really overconfident things, which often means that a producer kind of egged you on yes. into saying overconfident things, and then they made the decision to share all of the overconfident things you said right before you did something really stupid. So, yes. And she played think, the tactic of the girls don't like me. Yes. Which is the most— uninteresting kind of villain. It's like, fine, we get it. Like, the girls can be catty. But like, after a certain period, you're like, who cares? Was this Jubilee season? It was Jubilee season. That's correct. Ben was, I think he liked her. She's probably one of the most interesting people to ever do this show. 100%. I'm glad you brought her up because she was definitely like done dirty as well. Oh, totally. I mean, some of the girls didn't like her and it was not cool at all the no. way that they treated her and it really upset me. I think it was one of the most glaring ways in which the show has failed when it comes to race and racism. I mean, yeah. I mean, like that and like putting Lee the racist on well, Rachel's well, season. Don't, yeah. We'll, we'll come do, back Do get me that. started when we get to that. But yeah, yeah uh, she was way too interesting for Ben. No way offense. Way too interesting. That's your guy. No, um, I'm not offended though. Like she wasn't right for Ben. She yeah. was way too interesting. And and like was a complex person. That's the thing about people who don't really do great on the show. People who are like legitimately complex and have a lot of dimension. And people who also are super vanilla, like Lauren Burnham, who ended up being Ari's final selection. Yes. Um, I'm sure she's a really nice as boring as rocks for television. Yeah. Original Lauren B. was not great television either. Lauren Bushnell, yeah. She also, though, was so obviously the winner from the beginning to me. I remember this... The, probably there's one other season where I think the winner was more obvious, but this season, even though JoJo was, like, incredibly compelling and attractive... Yeah, and she, I was, could, she was alluring. She was super alluring. Probably one of the most beautiful women who's ever been on the show. I could tell he was into her. And yet, despite all of that, I knew... Lauren B. was going to win pretty early on. Yeah, he was excited about her. He touched her a lot. He touched her more yeah. than he touched everyone else. I really thought they would make it. I thought so, too. Good match. I thought so, too. She's now married to Chris Lane. She's now Lauren Lane. She married a country singer. Right? Yeah. 
I heard she's like a fun party girl. I think she's like fun. She seems fun. I think she was too fun for Ben, probably. Really? Like, I think he was more like on the Ari level of like, I'm ready to stay home. Which yeah. Is, which I get. But I think she was like ready. She was still like in her party a phase. Bit of a mismatch. And, yeah. I, w- I want to hang. Um, ben had four Laurens on his season. Four. And they all looked Excuse me. really similar. That's not correct. Ari had four Laurens. I meant, oh, to okay. I meant to say that earlier. And they did all look really similar. In addition to Becca... Amber James came back from a previous season as oh, well, yeah. but she didn't go very far. But I always really liked Amber. She was good in Paradise. If you, Sh- if Chicago you Amber, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Ben Higgins' this season like was just sort of fine. It wasn't great. I think Ben was a good bachelor. I think JoJo was awesome. Jubilee was really interesting. Olivia was like, I don't know, kept you interested for a couple episodes. It was good. It wasn't great. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Has there ever been a season with no villain? Um, no, right? There's always been a villain. I mean, not, there are very different recently. kinds of villains. Like, Trista's season didn't really have a villain. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I guess the last... The last few have. Ten years or so have all had villains. Yeah. One thing that's come up quite a bit as I've been doing this and has really become clear to me is that some of the things that clicked basically since Mesnick season is the house becomes a character. Yeah. Chris Harrison is far more host and way less, like, less of a character. And there's a lot of archetypes they fill each time. And they figured out the format that allows the the different contestants to pop in the best mm. way possible and when to break format in a way that makes sense. I mean, that's the biggest learning of Colton season, of course. Right. But I think there's been, the last, I use the last 10 years, pretty consistently a villain. But before that, there wasn't quite as much. One thing that I talked about on a previous episode of this was Erica Rose, and she was kind of, like, invented the villain in, in like, the quote-unquote mm, modern way yeah. on Lorenzo season. And I think that's kind of when the, the villain, as we think of it, started. Because, like, the women didn't like her, but clearly production wanted to keep her around for as long as possible. You already did Sean Lowe's season, right? That was— Yes, I did so, with Amy. with Tierra was the villain, as I recall, yes. the sparkle in the eye. Yes. And I remember— being so bummed out when she left, even though I detested her. And yeah, then realizing you, you need— knew you're, you're losing something. You need—for a really successful Bachelor season, you need a villain that lasts and that the Bachelor slash Bachelorette is believably interested in. Otherwise, it just feels fake. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think, like, one of the reasons the Jubilee stuff was such a bummer was because— they were really mean to her in a way that made everyone else seem really bad. Yes, it like, made me dislike them. Yes, totally. And, like, that sort of everything gone r- absolutely wrong. And Jubilee mm. was, like, fascinating. And, like, how often do you meet a woman in the military, let alone, a like, a, a black woman in the military on The Bachelor? Like, that's yeah. a really fascinating story, you it's know? It's like a person I— really wish I saw more in that world yeah, and on television course. in general. I mean, she, I remember she was like a nerd. She like maybe played the cello. Yeah, she did. She so did. many interesting things about her. She yeah. was clearly very smart and yeah. like none of that, she didn't get the chance for any of that to come through, which really sucked. Come back, Jubilee. Seriously. Um, next, moving on. Number 18, season 13 of The Bachelorette, Rachel Lindsay. My girl, Rachel. <sighs> Big Rach, as she says. I just saw her. Where? I was in New York, uh, Oh, for those who don't know, I work at ESP. I don't, we already said that. And I was, uh, maybe we didn't. We we, we alluded to it, but Mina works at ESPN. You can catch her every day on the ESPN Daily Podcast and once a week on the Mina Kime Show with Lenny. So uh, thank you. I was, and also on TV. Well, that's what I was doing. I was filling in on first take Mm. uh, with Stephen A and Max and, Rachel was filling in for Molly oh, as cool. a moderator, which is something she's done quite a bit. In, quite a bit, yeah. yeah. So she's super nice. And also really fun. 
super talented. She was yeah. she did a great job. She's a really hard worker. She hustles and she studies and she's like just really wants to be good at what she does. I I really adore Rachel as a, as a human. I would say her season was medium. One of the things obviously I've been weighing as we do this is the cultural significance and obviously yeah. Rachel is the only black lead of either the Bachelor or the Bachelorette, which is just an absolutely huge deal and honestly couldn't have been handled much worse. <laughs> Which sucks. It really makes me angry to think about. It's true. I mean, uh, so this yeah. one person on the show is this guy, Lee, who we were going to talk about, who was just, like, openly racist on social media yeah. and egged on Kenny. And, like, I think to a certain extent, like, maybe like maybe it was hyped up for the show. But a lot of what he did was, like, pretty, like, it, he was an instigator. Yes. And Kenny was a, a black contestant on the show. Former pro wrestler. Yes. Who, who, who appeared a few times. Yes. Who's lovely. Yeah. And, um. He's a dad. He's. Seems like a great dad. I think he's, I think I saw on Reddit he got married or engaged yeah. or something. Yeah, which made me really happy. The Lee thing when it happened, I believe the producer said, oh, we didn't know about yeah. it. I just don't buy. And, and if you, and if, and by the way, if you don't, if you really didn't know about it, that's even worse because given the cultural significance of the season, um, how important, right. he, yes, freaking take some time. Yeah. Look into it. Yeah. Because it was so unfair. And it made me so upset watching her have to deal with that. Uh, there was that scene where she started crying and she, she was talking to a producer and kind yeah. of got up and walked out. And you could just tell that all the BS kind of got to her and it was really frustrating. I think she was, she's really intelligent. I think she was really aware of the gravity of it the whole time yeah. and, and just sort of how she didn't want to mess it up and didn't want things to go badly and, and whatever. And I, I will say it wasn't my favorite season, but there were some really good things about it. First of all, the probably the biggest villain other than Lee. I mean, Lee was number one. After that, there was Demario, who, <laughs> who on a, a date with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, incredible, his girlfriend like showed up and he, he saw her and basically ran away and then was like, I don't know who she is. And then like 10 minutes later is like talking to her about their relationship and like their breakup. And Rachel just went just, like, got after it. And she was like, get out of here. Leave. Incredible. And it was amazing. It was a great show of strength from Rachel. It birthed a great gif of Demario going, who's this? Who's this? <laughs> <laughs> that I still see used sometimes. That falls under, like, the comical, short-lived villain yeah. kind of thing. And, yeah. No um, harm, no foul. So we it was just, it. it was delightful, quite frankly. Uh, and then, yes, Peter was on this season. Hold on on Peter. Okay, because that's we'll, a whole we'll, thing. We'll yeah. I just want to say, also on this season— Probably the most impressive celebrity appearance in the history of the show. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh. And then Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. And Kareem had written a column criticizing The Bachelor. Yes. So I think they brought him on. Yes. To be, and then he was like, why I changed my mind and like supporting Rachel. <laughs> so we've got Kareem, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. It's truly insane that they had him on the show. <laughs> Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. Super famous. Like for and, like a relay challenge, yeah. Yes, I actually think it was like to like being like a, a baby, a father yep. challenge. It's like a runner race. Yes. Yeah. And then Ellen DeGeneres also on the show. Oh, right. They were guests and they had to like take off their shirts yes. or something. Yes. And she's she often has people on her show, but she herself is not often on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. So those are like some big guns. Like shout yeah. out to Rachel for having those people. I wouldn't say they add to the drama, but it's just like kind of like a, a nice chip to have. For sure. Some of the other people on the show, the, the, she had the Tickle Monster, which sucked. Oh, yeah. Even worse, she had Waboom. Oh, honestly, one of my least favorite contestants of all time. Yeah. With this season, they started doing, like, meet some of your suitors immediately. And those people were included uh, Dean, obviously, Deanie Babies. So weird to 
think of him and Rachel together. Final four. Yeah. We met his, like, his hippie father. Yeah, that was a whole— And Eric Bigger, who was so sweet. Yeah. Final three Eric. Um, And, of course, her runner-up was Peter Krause, and her winner was Brian. Many, many people love Peter. I like Peter, but I I think— He's just not my guy. Please he's explain so to me hot. the Peter phenomenon. Okay, he for I mean, let's just he's just smoking hot. He is very hot. He's I would say he's the most he's like maybe the manliest runner up. He also to me is I know we have a shared affinity for Tyler. I find him Thanks much Thanks for bringing Tyler up. Yeah, you know, I just had to find a way. I find <laughs> him much more attractive than Tyler. He's certainly more of a like adult. Yes. Tyler seems seems young, looks young. Like Ty- he's like Instagram-y. Yeah. I don't Peter's know. more just like absurdly hot guy. Yes. A hundred percent. And their sexual chemistry was incredible. I also just think that Peter had a real, like, I don't give a shit vibe. Yes. And he just which I find incredibly appealing. It's so hot. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he was so much hotter than Brian. And like Brian is one of the flattest winners, I think, really ever. I think and so yes. I- like if you ask Rachel, like she'll say he got a bad edit, bad which edit, I yeah. which I could see. It happens. But also maybe he's he's just boring. Like I don't know. I could see that being the case as well. Yeah. I, it's it's hard to know. It seemed to me like her and Peter had such incredible chemistry. And that breakup was real. That so was, real. So real. That was the that was the, the, the peak of the season. It was emotional. It was it was interesting. It was dramatic. The fake eyelash on the floor. Who oh could forget? God, I forgot about that. That's what we need. When you I cry your fake eyelashes that. onto the floor, that's when it's real. Peter has the salt and pepper that he just wears. It makes him look like McSteamy from Grey's Anatomy. That's who he looks like. That's a great comp. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's really, really Are you looking handsome. at pictures of him right Yes, now? I am. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I thought, so she had a pretty good, no, no, terrible group of guys with terrible. like two, I would say one really, really super hot guy. Um, and then I, Dean. And, and then Eric and Dean, Brian. who was interesting. It's weird. I, I I can't really visualize her and Dean together at all now. It's kind of crazy to me that he made it that far. He but seemed so young. He seemed so young. He seemed way too young for her. Yes. Too. And he wasn't he wasn't ready. I mean, obviously, he's like really figuring things out and figuring himself out right now. Yeah. He Peter, wasn't ready. Peter seemed like a good match for her. I don't know. And clearly, she's super happy with Brian. It bums me out that there's so much animosity to, between her and Peter. Like, is I, that not? I don't think it's. I don't think that's died down, as far as I can tell. And Peter's really not in the mix. Like, would you like What's to see him that? on Paradise? I mean, I would like to see him on my television, but I also would not like to see him on Paradise because. Would you be jealous? I'd be like, I'd well, be you're sad. Married. Part of the reason I like him so much is what you alluded to, which he just kind of seemed like he didn't care, like he was yeah. too cool for the world. And he he does stuff with, you know, he's he's sort of flirts with the fringes of the Bachelorverse, yeah. but he's not like in it, in it, right? So I think to see him, I mean, and what if he, you know, ended up with like a 23-year-old from yeah, Pilot it's like, Pete's season, it would depress me. Don't be your worst self. Just stay in Wisconsin where you are, Peter. That's, he stayed in Wisconsin. Yeah. That in itself is bananas. I know. I know. But I think he's like doing well. Plus, all these people end up traveling so much. But also, I think we like Peter and Brian and Rachel because they were all over 30. And like that's oh, so infrequently happens on the show. Thousand percent. Roger and I were joking about this last week where like there's one contestant over 30 on, on Peter Weber's season. And it's like, well, she can't win. She's 31. There's a 28-year-old in the bio that says she's lived more life yes. than the others. And I, I read that and then I walked into the ocean because 
it's done for me. I'm yeah, sure. just might as well, Kate Chopin, awakening yourself, you know, <laughs> just straight to the bottom of the ocean. So, there's so many 22-year-olds on this season. <laughs> Peter Weber? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're really young. Peter Weber also seems very young to me. I mean, right. he lives at home. So that at least— It fits. It's yeah. more about where you are in life, but I, it, it is a little depressing that, like, they make 31 seem like you're over the hill. That is depressing. Yeah. I, I think also Rachel is just, you know— it's just really, like, her season was, like, good, not great, but I think she's so important, and that, yes. and also the fact that she was, like, just, she was a fun, she is and seemed on, like, on television to be a fun hang, and that's kind of, if it's not going to be the most dramatic season ever, then that's what, what you want. Totally. I cared for her by the end. That's why the, all the uh, Lee stuff made me so angry. I mean, it made me angry on, like, a societal level yes. and a industry level, but also, like, I found myself really caring about this person. Yeah, I As, think like, that's true. empathetic, sensitive, smart person being put in a shitty situation it was really infuriating. I'm glad she's getting a lot of shots now. Me too. Number 17, season 12 of The Bachelorette, JoJo Fletcher. Just a smidge more dramatic than, than Rachel for me. Though, she has probably my least favorite runner-up of all time in Robbie Hayes. Robbie Hayes. He never wore socks. His hair, he looked like, he he fashioned himself like a candle in the most gross way. Not in like, a, oh my God, there are Barbie Who was her number three? Her number three, I believe, was Chase. McNair, Chase, yeah. yeah who, went, who dated Tommy Laren. I used to see him at like ESPN parties, like the body party and stuff. Um, um, he definitely has like had like his like quote unquote manager like pitch him for many, many a podcast. He showed up on VIP this summer and was hooking up with Angela, right? I forgot about that. Um, Me that too. was weird. Yeah, yes, I also forgot about that. Super anonymous. And Derek was on that season. Yes. Uh, I remember they had a fight or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek's just like fighting. You know, there's something off well, about that guy. He, about Derek? Yeah. Yeah. I've been like not nice about him. And I just, oh, really? Is I, he going to listen? No, he, don't. Won't, he won't listen. I don't care. But like, I just, I don't know. I don't want to put so much negativity out there. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm negative. I'm plenty negative, you know? But like, I don't, there's something off about Derek. Derek had the real fight Derek was with, was with the legend. The meat eater, Chad. Oh my God, I forgot about Chad. Chad was, there's like some great 15 minute montages on YouTube of Chad eating meat. And this is things that happen with Chad. Evan, of course, who went on to be currently be married and have two children with Carly, the same season, accused Chad of steroid use. JoJo completely curved him at one point. He had the fight with Derek. And then he like, would, he just would like eat meat as like a, a, as like yeah. a threat. Right. Like, for some reason, him stuffing cold cuts into his mouth was, like, a threatening behavior. He was just kind of like a human meme. Yeah. Like, this roided bro kind of character. And after a couple episodes, it was just kind of gross, right? And it was, like, funny, but also, like, is this guy violent? Yes. Well, that was this bizarre undertone to it all. I mean, I— Evan and him, I remember when they had those—they had a fight, and he, like, ripped his shirt or something, and— it was hard because I did, hated Chad, but I also didn't like Evan at all in this season. He's responsible for one of my single least favorite moments in Bachelorette history, Daddy Kiss JoJo. Yeah. <laughs> like so it, gross. I honestly I don't, like chills. I don't like Evan either. He's also being sued now, by the way, for like oh, no. for like fraud, for like misrepresenting his clinic, something like oh, that. I don't want to get in But I know. he seems to be doing well, you know, family-wise, but with Carly. But um, yeah, Chad was just freaking gross. I know. And then Robbie is now on a new— Oh, yeah. I don't he's like on a him. new— Man, Jojo had really crappy dudes. But a lot of, like, notable ones. They are crappy. But anyway, Robbie's now on Siesta Key. He's dating someone much younger. 
who is it's an MTV reality show. You can hear about it on Ringer Dish on For Realsies with Zoe Simmons and Liz Kelly. Some other just notable things about this season. I was going back and I was watching some clips. There's a lot of this on YouTube. Daniel, remember Daniel, the Canadian guy? Mm, yeah. He and Chad, Another meme. They both wore a lot of black tank tops, what is might be called a wife beater, yeah. those shirts. And I was just like, is that word canceled? Thing. Do we not say that anymore? I, I think like, I think we don't say that, but moreover, my mother would be disappointed in me for using that term. Okay. It's just not a term that my mother would. It's oh. good to know, yeah. But like, it gets the point across. Like if I say like a shirt, you're like, what I, is no, that? No, I know exactly. I I remember. Yeah, that when we were in high school, that was like a thing. Mm. Someone be like, "What are you wearing to like this dance at camp?" And I'd be like, "Oh, like a, a white beater and shorts." Another gross dude. Who did? JoJo, JoJo got really yeah. got the shaft. But of course, we haven't mentioned the single best thing about her season. Which was the guy she chose, who I think was the most obvious winner of all time. Yes, he so Jordan Rogers. Jordan Rogers got the first impression rose from and, her, right? Yes, and, and seemed like pre- locked it down, predestined to be with her. I would say he, if you go back and watch, he's like kind of corny and like makes me makes me cringe a little bit. But they just seem really, really good for each other. There was always a rumor that she had met him beforehand and, like, wanted him to be on the show, but I don't tend to buy those rumors. Interesting. Because it is true. I think they had played out for television. Um, He knew he was going to win from day one, too. I think there was, I think one of the guys, there there was a little bit of tension. They thought they accused him of being cocky at times. He he was, as he should be. Yeah, I think Chad called him a failed football player or something. Now he's killing it. He does, like, college football. I've left him a voicemail once. Did he call you back? No. So the story is I did a profile of Aaron Rodgers mm. a few oh, yeah, years ago. And he came to your house. Didn't our he? editors, yeah. And um they at the time, I don't I don't know now, I can't speak to it. We're not in communication, which was a, a major plot line on this season because Huge. they went to their we can talk about that in a second. But uh my editors were like, You have to leave a voicemail for Jordan to ask him for comment. Ask for comment. <laughs> so I didn't expect him to call me back and he didn't. Um, but it was very awkward. Oh my God, so funny. I'm dying to meet JoJo and Jordan. I'd never met them. They seem great. I had some mutual friends with JoJo and like, so someone gave me her number and I texted her and she just never responded, obviously. I mean, what do they, they have like a CNBC show, right? Yeah, you can also watch it on YouTube. And then they had another show about like them working up to their wedding and stuff. Mm -hmm. And one thing I like about them as a couple, they've been really honest about how hard it was after the show for them, Mm -hmm. which every couple says like when the show is airing, it's really difficult to, to make it through that because you have to watch your... Like, if you're the contestant, you have to watch your your significant other, like, dates other guys. And sure. Whatever. This one should be easy to watch, though. It's Robbie. I know. At no point did it ever seem like she was going to pick Robbie. I know. But, like, what relationship has ever benefited from detention, no, true, you know? true, true. But um, he, I liked him on the show. I mean, he was cocky, and it was so obvious he was going to win. There yeah. was no other option. Like, if, if you're presented with Jordan Rogers, who says no? He seems fun. He's handsome. Smart, well-spoken. Yeah, he was a jock. Like, I mean, I'm a sucker for a well-spoken jock. So, like, who says no to that? Uh, QB1. So, so, the date. We should talk about the date, though. The hometown date. So, yeah. So, they go to the Rogers hometown of Chico, California. And the other brother, Luke, is there. And yeah. it's just sort of like, in, in hushed tones, everyone's just like, yeah. Aaron's not coming. They left a seat at the table. The producers had them all sitting around like this big rectangular table with two empty seats for Aaron. And I, maybe it was Olivia Munn at the time. I don't yeah. know, but it was two empty seats at the table. It was so awkward. Which honestly just makes the family look bad that they like agreed to that. Yeah, like if, if for yeah. God forbid, my brother and I weren't speaking and I was like, mom and dad, I'm ha- we're shooting a reality show at the house. Like, can we just 
will you, we, it's basically like, you know, can we leave a seat open? Will you play it out for the cameras? They would be like, we're not going to be on TV, one. And two, no. They would just be like, nah. It's funny because people kind of knew that that was a thing before that, but that really blew it up to the point where I think it became a sports story. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers like didn't want to do press. I th- he didn't, like, he wouldn't answer questions about it, obviously. No, yeah, he, when I did my profile of him, he hadn't done like an interview for like five years. Oh my God. <laughs> um, and I think this played a role in that to some degree. Yeah, and I think it was like a problem. And then I think JoJo and Jordan didn't want to talk about it either. Aaron, don't blame you. Totally. (laughs) It was really inappropriate. Yeah, and it was just sort of out of his hands and they were really playing it up. Yeah. It was pretty wild. The thing about JoJo and Jordan is like many people on the show, they really want to be famous. But I think in a way mm-hmm. that was complementary to each other. Totally. And so that's like why their relationship has worked is they like wanted to pursue this path together. That's and it's a great point. And live, they wanted to pursue it while not living in LA, which I think also really helps. And yeah, I, I think she's the prettiest bachelorette. She's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. She's like hot. Yeah. She's she's, hot. She was a good, she seems cool too. She, she seems does. fun. I, I, I really like both of them. I, I feel like, Cold emailed him a lot. He's never responded. And I've texted mm. her. She hasn't responded. So it's okay. I get it. I wouldn't respond to me either. <laughs> it's weird. One thing that's weird that I think is true for athletes, you can speak to this, definitely true for people um, on reality TV, their primary method of communication is text. So yeah. like, while I think it's really weird to like text a stranger, no, they're like used to it. Yes. But like me, I'm like, what is this spam text that I'm receiving? That's why the whole Antonio Brown scandal was so crazy it, from this summer. We're going on a tangent here. But he was like sending these really inappropriate emails. And my first reaction wasn't like, this is crazy. I can't believe you wrote that. It was email? Yeah. Like what? Because athletes, thousand percent only text. Right. They like only have like a compulsory email probably. I like never check it if that this is a great question. Like, which famous people use Gmail or email? You generally? should start polling people as you interview them. Because you can whatever. hack it too. Yeah. So that's probably why as well. Totally. It's just also like if you don't sit at a computer all day, text is easier. Yeah, I as I once told my mom, and I've been ridiculed by my family for many years as a result, email is a work tool. I've never had an email exchange with someone in sports or an athlete. Yeah. It's like just not how they operate. Yeah. It, and so I think like, yeah, I don't. Anyways. I don't even know. How, I don't even know how we got here. Sorry. No, don't apologize. But JoJo, JoJo, also of course, um, she and Ben very dramatically, I believe, don't know, had sex in the bathroom mm. when he was like really heartbroken. He was heartbroken over having told two women that he loved them and like didn't know what to do. And I remember they just like went to the bathroom and closed the door. And I feel like that was set, set a good tone for for JoJo's season in a weird way. Interesting. It would. I, I guess. I didn't love this season just because I felt like it was— I don't like it when I can tell who's going to win at the beginning. Yeah, it's not as fun. Personally. I'm trying really hard to avoid Peter spoilers for that reason. I've avoided them. It's really hard. I, I love the Reddit, but they tag them really well, so you yes. can avoid them all pretty easily. Yeah, they didn't used to be as good. They've definitely gotten better. Next, number 16, season 8 of The Bachelorette, Miss Emily Maynard. Great season. Great season. Great season. Great season. I will—I don't want to say who— but I told my top 10 to someone very much in the know with The Bachelor, who you all know as well. And this person felt that I had Emily too low. But I don't know. I really enjoyed it, but I think like it doesn't hold up to time that as well. Because you rewatched it. Uh, yeah, I yeah. went back and rewatched a lot of it. Uh, a lot of this is on YouTube, so it's easier to watch. Emily selected Jeff with one F, who was Jeff Holm. Uh, it was this was on in 2012. He beat out Ari, and then after him was uh, Sean Lowe. And Jeff was like a one of one at the time. I was smitten 
I was just so delighted by Jeff. Jeff One F is his full name to me. This is also really uh, just on a personal note, the kind of the first season that David Jacoby and I shared together mm. and uh, really led to our podcast, which we used to do together at ESPN called The Right Reasons. Jacoby, you're my fave. And I think that also like just from, I was like, when I was putting this list together, I was like, do I have too much Emily bias because of what it meant to my professional life? And also because I love Jeff 1F. But I went back and I watched. Jeff 1F is embarrassing. Ugh. Like, now to you're just my like, heart. now I'm, you'd just be like, who is this like total tool bag? Yeah. But at the time he had what I called the Jeff, which has, I think, gone on to be just like the David Beckham haircut. Yes. It's like the European men's soccer player yes. hair that now every hipster in America. Yes. Has. But Jeff was one of the first to have it on American television. <sighs> he wore Converse kind of while they also were still a thing that really only people in Brooklyn and San Francisco were doing. And... Also, he, they never said it, but I believe he was a Mormon and his parents didn't yeah. appear on his hometown because they were doing missionary work elsewhere. And he just had a real, like, he had different, different energy. And yes. I, when I'm at a party, I love talking to someone who just seems like a little bit different or like who I would love to talk to for like an hour and then never see again. Like, <laughs> I just, I gravitate towards weird strangers. And Jeff was one of the first weird strangers in my TV life. He was the first hipster on the show. Honestly, one of the 100%. first on television, yes. frankly. Um, and I think the fact that she was so into him, it just— She was tickled by him. She was tickled by him. She was intrigued by him. And it sort of catered to—I think with a show, when it gets boring for me is when, like, a JoJo picks Jordan. It's like, all right, I get it. Yeah. You, know, it you know, I get it. But— or, or Ben picks a Lauren. I like it when it's two people who maybe shouldn't be together. Totally. And it was like this Southern princessy debutante woman going for the skater boy. It was like a Disney movie or something. There was just something kind of very, I don't know, intriguing to me about it. Because he was sort of a dark horse. He kind of came on stronger and stronger. And then it builds towards, they go on, I think it was like in the Netherlands or in the library mm -hmm. laying down or something. Yeah. They go on this great date. And, I, and it was that moment I was like, he's talking about how he could see himself as a dad to Ricky. I think it was Prague. Prague. Um, yes. Um, and yes, then Ricky, Ricky's her name. It, also the name of her father who passed away. And then it ends with this, um, oh, right, because the whole thing with the Ari was the race driver. Oh, yeah. God, that's the whole thing. And then <laughs> they're in the field, and he reads her this letter. Juliet, I cried when I, he read her that letter. It was cute. Also, we were, like, you know, many years younger and, and less cynical. Yeah, and also we didn't know about reality TV as yeah. much, I feel like. I don't yeah, know. Yes, so it was a more naive time. I, I totally agree with you. It was very surprising to me she didn't pick Ari. I was really totally. certain she was going to pick Ari. Totally. But even now, like, Ari was also more of, like, a hipster and, like, a weird yeah. choice for her than so many of these people, particularly because we met her dating Brad Womack. And Jeff and Ari, like, are just, they don't live on the same planet as Brad Womack. No. Brad seems like the guy, I think she's married now, right? Yes. Like, who is someone who's probably a lot more similar to Brad so. than either of them. He's kind of a real cross between Ari and, really? and okay. Brad, as far as I can tell from photos. But yeah, you're right. I liked Ari a lot on her season. I did too. Yeah, I was really sad likable. for him. He And he was he shocked was to not win. Yes, he was super into her. Yeah. And they I had bet they'd a lot still of be chemistry. together. Yeah, probably the race, the whole race card thing. So she, this season, production began not in Los Angeles or New York, but in Charlotte, because that's where she was, where her daughter was, and she wanted to stay there as long as possible. So they moved all of production there, which was um, pretty cool. And then she had a really good villain, which was Kaylin, oh, who— um, Baggage. Yes, he called Ricky Baggage. Um, so then he got he got voted, or she sent him home. There was another guy that she also sent home, Alessandro. He called Ricky a compromise. 
And so he also had to go home. <laughs> Don't worry, these people. Um, she, I think, maybe has the most star power of the musical guests to ever be on this show. She had Luke Bryan, who was famous at the time, but is now no, mega famous. famous yeah. uh, particularly with, like, the SEC football audience, which big I think time. is a big part of this show. Mm-hmm. And then, moreover, they, I believe Sean Lowe got the date where they went to Dollywood. And Dolly Parton was on the show. Oh, yeah. I forgot Sean Lowe came out of her. Yes. Sean Lowe came in fourth. I wasn't that into Sean Lowe on her season. No, I ended up liking him, but. I like him now. I didn't like him on her season. Um, he's funny on Twitter. He's funny on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And funny. I love, I like his wife. Love. I like, discussed this with Amy last all, week. All love. time. Top couple for sure. Absolutely. She's also like, I I would, she's stunning. Well, she just looks really norm, normally beautiful. Yes. You totally. Know? It's what I call attainable beautiful. You already did his season, right? Yeah, last week. She was the ultimate dark horse. Like, if Jordan was the most obvious winner yes. from the beginning, she was the least obvious. I think I think he has admitted that, too. Like, he yeah. didn't even, like, think about her until, like, Which week four. Which is, honestly, something I liked about that season, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Emily, I think it was a good season because all the guys were really into her. That helps a lot. Yeah, definitely. She was really pretty as well. Super pretty. Um, do you remember the finale was in Carousel in the, in the Caribbean? Yeah. And, like, for some reason, instead of it being over like a cliff by the water. It was like on this platform like in like a village center, essentially. <laughs> it had a really intense Instagram aesthetic though. Like it didn't, at the time this didn't exist yet, but it had like all these like brightly painted shutters and flowers. Mm. It looked like an Instagram wedding. I feel like Emily's season had a lot of small things about it that was really ahead of its time in terms of where where culture went afterwards. Interesting. Um, in terms of Jeff and Ari being the kind of like heartthrobs that they would could potentially be now and just like her style and, and all this stuff. And on that season, they went to Bermuda, London, Croatia, and Prague, which I feel like is also like very hip spots to go to. Mm. Mm. It was just a really solid season. I think when you have a single parent as the lead, it is, like, always really good. It adds, I think, an element of, like, it adds stakes to every encounter. Yes. And usually they are people who have, I don't know, lived a little bit more, yeah. perhaps. Uh, sure. And, and, you know, bring something, like, a little, they bring something extra to every, every, like, villain, for example. Like, you mentioned Kaylin, right? Mm-hmm. She that was the infamous, I feel like Virginia Hood rat moment, or what, yeah. what was it, where she just gets so angry, yes. and that's when I really kind of fell in love with her as a contestant because when she found out about the baggage, co- and I think Caitlyn was just an idiot, frankly, but when I when she found and out like about it, to be on TV. yeah, who just like somehow the producers tricked into like agreeing yeah. to do this, but she when she went like ham on him, it was so loaded and likable for me. So I know I she it. and she she I think uh, had a very she presented as like a Southern Belle, but it was a lot more than that. Totally. And also didn't come, that didn't come across in Brad's season, but it really did. Agree. In her own season. I liked her a lot. Good, I did. I did as well. I did as well. Solid. All right, Mina. We're, we're still moving. Number 15, season 23 of The Bachelor, the most recent season until Peter, Colton Underwood. I did not like this season. I did not either, but. Why is it so high? One moment. The fence jump is really important. And it's one of the, it's probably the greatest athletic feat in 38 seasons of the show. <laughs> and that includes a season with, with like Jesse Palmer and then with Jordan Rogers as well. The women on it were really good. Yeah. Re- really good. That's true. Like so many that we just really enjoyed. There was a lot of fighting between the women, which also was entertaining. And I think that the bachelor reached a level of cultural relevance because of the way they promoted the fence jump. <laughs> that it hadn't seen in quite a while. And so while Colton himself was an absolute dud, 
and like probably the person that I least have interest in meeting from Bachelor Nation. Like, sorry. I'm with you. Um, thousand percent. I don't know why I'm such a Colton Basher, but I just, I don't know. He is the, my least favorite of any bachelor, any lead I've ever seen. And that includes Juan Pablo. Oh my God. Well, I, yeah, I said we haven't, it. We haven't talked about yeah. him yet. I agree. I, I agree with that. I think Juan Pablo also just like made a lot of mistakes, whereas Colton, I don't know. Um, but I just think there was like, there was so much currency to the last few weeks and the, and the finale was really good. So it's similar to Ari for me. And there's of course a little recency bias here, mm. but I do think that like, like a, a really like unbelievable moment matters a lot. And so I don't know. I just had, I had to throw it in here. Also it gave us Demi. It gave us Hannah G. It gave us Hannah B. It gave us Onyeka versus Nicole. Kaylin versus Hannah B. Like there's a whole yeah. new genre now of contestant, which is pageant girl. Like, if yes. you go through Peter's Great women, point. Yeah, that's so, like, new. that's pretty significant. I think, like, cultural impact, there's a lot. He probably, I think, just at least a third of his cast had to have been Instagram influencer types before yeah. the show. That was new as well. Yes. That's why I didn't love it, honestly. But there were a lot of girls who are who were—it it used to be like you'd have kind of like a fig leaf of a— you know, I'm not really trying to do this, but then you go on the show and then you leave the show. This is over the last three or four years, maybe yeah. three years. And you say, okay, now I'm going to move to LA and do it. But I think his season was new in that you had a lot of women coming into the show who are very clearly about that life. Totally. I mean, Kaylin and Cassie. Cassie yeah. has been less like that than I really would have expected. Interesting, yeah. I kind of retroactively like her more. Same. I, I think she seems kind of normal, but she was boring on the show. But the kind of, also, the whole conversation about like the what happened in the car it was it's frustrating. Um, yeah, I also think Kaylin is is um, in retrospect more entertaining than I realized. I kind of was like, I don't care about this girl, but I actually now the totality. Obviously, you know, of course, it's, it's sort of affected by my um, but the whole paradise stuff and recency yeah. and everything. But I, I just think we'll look back on it, be like, it actually gave us a lot this season. They gave, yeah. I mean, the conflict. God, it was so hard to unwind. So. Her and Cassie were like best buds from the beginning. Apparently they still are. On the bus. And I hate what... This is my quibble. Okay. These conversations that happen on the buses, they're mic'd up. They gotta be filmed. They, I don't believe they don't have So do footage. you think it's just... What do you think it is? Yeah, so, or at least play the audio. So what, let's, let's recount for people what the audio was. I believe they were talking about who would become the Bachelorette. Bachelorette yes. Then... Was it Kerpa or basically every other girl was like, you did this. Taisha and Sydney were, Taisha and Sydney, were yeah. particularly like, there's some girls who are not here for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they denied it and there was a lot of bitchiness back and forth. But why why the production decision not to share any of this with us? I think because they prefer the fighting to, to tell the story and then they don't have to like really like have a definitive side. Because do you watch Vanderpump Rules? No. Vanderpump does a lot of this where they'll refer to a fight that is not part of, like, the primary narrative, but then they'll weave in, like, a black and white or, like, a sepia-colored flashback showing the audio or, <laughs> or whatever. And they do it a lot more to—the way that it's edited in often makes one person look particularly bad. Like, they're like this, oh, this person is not telling the truth or they're misremembering. And I think there's a lot more, like, different— I think it's a lot more like just different inter interpretation of the same thing or, or misremembering totally. than straight up lying. Yeah, I, I think, agree. I think that's a lot more of it. And so I think by showing the fights and the disagreements, 
It's it, more interesting. It's more interesting. It's also, like, in a weird way, more balanced because mm. it's not like you're using footage to side with one person over another. And I think, ultimately, there is a little bit of a judgment that comes through when they do that because it will prove one person to be more correct or whatever. Yeah. And so it allows the viewer to pick a side based on interesting almost the women's debate skills, which, like, maybe also isn't fair. But yeah. in Colton's season, I thought the women who were sparring were often very well-matched. Like, Kaylin versus Tasha was usually well, like pretty a, a fair fight. Onyeka versus Nicole also a fair fight. Yeah, that's what's always frustrating to me when I when I can tell someone's lying, but then the person who's accusing her is terrible at yeah. debating. And that's why it was so validating to me in the um often in the after the final rose, or pardon me, the women tell all. Yeah. They'll give like a weird misleading edit into like Demi or sure. um Corinne was one where it was really frustrating to me because oh I could Corinne. tell they were the producers wanted to make her a thing. And I was like, this woman is clearly deranged. But in this season, in the men tell all, Katie was the one who accused Kaylin of it, and she came out and owned yes. on, on the men tell all. And I remember being so, or the women tell all rather, and being so happy that finally a woman like came out and forcefully made a case and then like won the yeah, argument. And totally. I, I was pleased by that. To- I, I completely agree. I thought that the when we did, you know, we did this Hulu show almost a year ago because it's been fucking years since Colton. I can't believe it. Jesus. Um, uh, Rachel made that case a lot. Like, the reason this season was good at all was because of the women. And it was a really good group. Probably better than yeah, Colton Katie, deserved. I forgot about Katie. She Katie, great. she was great. I wanted more from Katie. There was a lot of good ones. There was Tracy. There was Demi. I mean, and also Demi will be the first openly queer contestant, which is a pretty big deal. Yep. Even if it didn't happen on Colton season, so. True. Okay, next, number 14, Brad Womack. The second time, season 15, from which we got Emily Maynard. It was from 2011, and four years prior, in 2007, Brad had been The Bachelor, and he picked no one, neither Jenny nor Deanna. More on her in a minute. And uh, it was phenomenal. Uh, It was just a, it was a great season. Brad showed up the second time being like, I'm ready for this now. I've brought my psychologist with me. I forgot about the psychologist. Which was awesome. However, I hardcore judge any medical or mental health professional (laughs) who agrees to go on reality TV. That said, I thought it was great that it introduced the concept of therapy. Yeah. And they went to like some awesome places, South Africa and Anguilla. The winner was Emily. She was clearly going to win for quite a while. But You thought so? Yeah. See, I thought Chantal was pretty in the mix until the very end. Ashley came, Ashley, I call her Hebert. She calls herself a bear. She came in third. She was, she was a fan favorite. There was, it was just a really solid season. Ashley Spivey and Michelle Money were on it. Oh, legends. And I think because it was his second time and he was doing something that is now really common on reality TV, particularly on Bravo, Mm. which was like therapy speak. He Mm. was doing a lot of like, this is how I feel, a lot of speechifying about his feelings which I think is now pretty common, was actually kind of new with Brad and such an unexpected person to be in touch with that. What did he do for a living? Um, I can't remember. Brad? He owns a bunch of bars in Austin. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. And he's a twin. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I watched the season. I he, the, First of all, Brad, he's, so, he's not, like, appealing to me. I just— Me neither. As a dude, you know. Um, Next week's guest and I were discussing this, and I was just like, nah, not interested. Not into him. He wasn't. He didn't do it for me. Um, however, I did enjoy this season a lot. I thought the women you mentioned were all really compelling. I mean, the Michelle Money plotline alone is just— Amazing. Because she was the villain, 
Yes. But in a complicated way. You know what I mean? Like it was, there was. You kind of liked her. Yeah. You sort of like got where she was coming from very often. She celebrated her 30th birthday on the show, which was right. kind of funny. And they kind of, I think they were positioning her as sort of like a cougar type, yes. which is again, again very ridiculous. insane and upsetting. Yeah. But, you know, she wasn't like a full-blown villain necessarily. There was a girl on this show. I'm not going to reveal her name. Okay. But it was a candidate and she made it a few episodes and the whole time I was like, what do I, I feel like I know this person. And then it hit me in like halfway through the season that I had gone to middle school with her. And I remembered oh who she God. was because she was the first girl like in our, it was like sixth grade to tell everyone that she, about um, BJ's. Oh my God. <laughs> it like struck me like thunder. I was like, oh yes. I remember her telling this like story in the locker room in sixth grade gym. And I, you know, this is a lame story because I'm not revealing who it was, but Whatever. she didn't win. But um, I like Chantal. The other thing I, that really struck me about this season was Chantal's the hometown date because her parents' house in Seattle, I want to yeah. say, was like batshit crazy. It was like huge, right? It was like, very nouveau riche. Like there was like maybe a statue of the dad in it or Microsoft something. Microsoft money? Did we ever figure out why? I think there were like real estate people, like most rich people on The Bachelor. And But it was super like bizarre, over the top wealth. My God. My but, God. Yeah. Um, I think Brad ended up being The Bachelor because Chris Lampton from Alley Season. Remember him? Yeah. I, he's a really nice guy. Um, And also Ty Brown from Alley Season. They both turned it down. And so they really? went back to Brad. Yeah. Chris ended up with someone in Peyton. the... Yeah. Are yeah. they still together? They are. They have their Aww. second kid. They live in Massachusetts on he Cape Cod. super Massachusetts. Yes. I interviewed Peyton and Chris together a few years ago, oh, nice. and they were, like, extremely lovely. Like, Aww. really, really nice happy. people. And I think they're, like, I think they're, like, still fans of The Bachelor. And I, I like, they're they're probably, like, my favorite people that I've met from the show. They're really, like, That's just solid, solid so people. So nice to hear. Yeah, they were really lovely. I also want to note that I've gone back and read a ton of recaps from old seasons to do all this research and kind of, like, get a sense of how mm. things are being viewed at the time. Some funny people recap this, including Estella, who Aaron chose in season two. And then Brad, uh-huh. Brad was was blogging, was doing recaps for people, which basically still happens. And uh, this was just a really good, great quote, which was the overnight dates actually gave me quite a bit of clarity. Clarity that I've been looking for. Oh, really, Brad? <laughs> Oh, okay. The overnight dates? Cool. <laughs> I mean, it's good to hear that so honest. articulated. Yeah. It was it was just really funny. Um, what percentage of Bachelor Bachelorettes do you think make a decision based on the overnight date? I think a lot. A lot. Me too. But like, and can you blame them? No, no. not at all, given the compressed timeline yeah, and the of insanity course. of the whole thing. That's why Hannah not picking Peter is so crazy. Because that seems to be like it was the best overnight. Well, I think it's not just about the sex. So like the... It's still you're, what's your chemistry is like without well, the yeah, if you're spending 12 16 whatever hours with someone you're gonna know yeah. by the end of it forget the sex part totally. like you're gonna know if you can be around them for a lot so yeah and you also you get the feeling of like do I want to spend more time with you like this yeah whatever alright next 13 season 21 Nick Bial it's so hard for me to remember which were his seasons they're all like running together Here, in my here's, mind here's how it went he started out on Andy Dorfman's season. Yes, I watched that one. She had come off of Juan Pablo season, and then he didn't mm-hmm. win. He mm-hmm. came in second behind Josh Murray, of course, who hated him, and he hated Josh back. And then he hey. went back into the wilderness. And then he, um, I guess, had some kind of prior relationship with Caitlin Bristow. Oh, Caitlin, yeah. Who came oh, out of Chris Souls' season. And oh. then he, he joined Caitlin's yeah. cast when they were in New York about episode four. 
or maybe it was three. Yes. And then again, Kevin how dare said, he? I know they were so, so transgressive. The men hated. I hated him. They were so angry. They were. There's like some clips on YouTube of them just like Amazing. mad about Nick. And then he goes to paradise. Okay. Uh, he quote unquote dates Jen S. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's kind of like a consigliere or like a counselor for Ashley I, who's just having a meltdown over Jared. Oh yeah, the infamous. He's just not that in kind yes, of yeah. Exactly. Which that that honestly made me really. I already liked him, but that was uh, when he kind of gave her the real talk on Jared, which turned out not to be. Right. I think because of his turn, his star turn on Paradise that summer, right? People really came around on him. Yeah, and that was the summer of sixteen, and then he was the Bachelor in seventeen. Um. Oh yeah. Okay, it's all coming back to me now. It's all coming. Ba- Rachel, Corinne, Vanessa. Um. Yes. Who was Raven? The- Oh, Raven was the final two. Yeah. Yes. That was also, I've always found really fascinating the election year. It was six, it was the fall of 16. Right. Rachel they, has said that yeah, they, they were, found out. Yeah. Yes. God. Like the night before her fantasy suite, so she, or the day of her fantasy suite, she found out. I always found that really fascinating and also really dates it, you know? Yeah. It was the last, it was the last pre Trump Bachelor uh, production. Um, and there's just a lot of, it was just sort of like a, a solid season. The Corinne stuff was also, like, pretty uncomfortable. Like, in retrospect, it was, like, a really weird, like, kind of, like, slut-shaming and, but also, like, overly sexually aggressive. Yes. But I think Nick was a, a, actually a really good bachelor because he's very good at talking to the camera. Totally. Yeah, I, I I thought this was a really good season. Really compelling women. I guess Corinne was the main villain yeah, the she whole time. Was. And, uh, and then Rachel and Vanessa hated each other. Which, but that was never showed. No, like we but never you could, you could tell they didn't like speak to each other basically ever. And you could tell you could tell that Rachel was well liked by the other women, but Vanessa was not. Like Vanessa, I don't think had like any friends from the show. Taylor. I feel like her and Taylor was Taylor on his yes, season? Yes. She was. Um another interesting person. Actually, I yes, Taylor was on his season. I remember they were kind of tight. But uh kind of cutting back to what I said earlier about villains, it's more fun if the bachelor is actually into them. It did actually seem like he genuinely enjoyed being around Corinne. And yeah. I think that added kind of an interesting element. Yes. I agree with that. I think he was like intrigued by her. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you want to just like get on this bouncy castle together? Do you call that a, what do you call that kind of thing? Bounce house. I call it a moonwalk when I was a kid, but there's, there's, what do you call it? Bounce house. Bounce house. There's a moon bounce, bouncy castle, and I call it a moonwalk. Interesting. It's probably like a regional thing. Yeah, definitely. We can I mean, that was like, obviously the producers came up to her and said, we have this idea. Yeah. Totally. And then um, there, there was a lot of other women who were, like, notable on the season. Kristen, Scout Fingers. There was um, Danielle Lombard, who then went on to date someone who's on the challenge. And she had a harrowing story where she was a nurse and her, her fiancé yeah. died from a drug overdose. But she didn't even know he had a drug habit. Like, just absolutely—sorry, that was Danielle Malpe. D'Lo, Danielle Lombard, was then went on to be in Paradise to be in the love triangle with Christina and Dean. One of the few Asians to ever yes. be on the show. Yes, there's— Peter is quite a few Asians, actually. Yeah, two Vietnamese yeah. and one half, I think. Yes. Um. So only one will probably survive night one. Probably. Uh, and then throw in my life. By the way, I'm Asian. For those who are listening, <laughs> I feel like I should uh, establish that first. Um, um, I'm really into Tammy from Peter's season. Oh, yeah. The wrestler. The wrestling, yeah. yeah. And then Roger and I were discussing. Great. We're also really into Lauren, who who quit her job with the Lakers because she was inspired by Kobe Bryant. I don't know if, if you caught that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, as a person, yeah. I think she said. Um, yeah, his passion for non-basketball pursuits. Anyway. Nick was really attracted to D'Lo, I feel like. And then they went on a date and he was like, oh, yeah. yikes. She won the dancing with the Backstreet Boys oh, date, yeah. which was just un- like. A little unfair. Inc- absolutely incredible. I was I was so jealous. I mean, the Backstreet Boys. That's that's a big date. That's big. I love the Backstreet Boys. Big time. Also, Nick had that one 
iconic date with the women where they were, I think, on Bimini, which is in the Caribbean. And it was like a cloudy. I love when they have cloudy beach days. I'm just like the sex that they still have to do it. And oh, I think I remember this. Everyone thing. was like crying and miserable. And you're just like, what happened that they didn't show? But yes. like Rachel and Vanessa both like do these interviews where they're like so upset. It's like the most competitive beach volleyball. Right, game that's I've right. Ever they seen. cuts out of that and all of a sudden you're like, What happened? I can't quite figure yeah, it out. Yeah, like what's everyone's problem yes. here? Yeah. And it turned out there was some offstage drama yes. between Rachel and Vanessa. Yeah. And also like some women were promised more time, but then like didn't pan out or something like that. Basically, like we were denied so much of the season because they didn't want Vanessa to be the villain. Yes. Even though she was the villain. Though she was, yes. Which they should have leaned into because when Courtney was the villain on Incredible season, television. It was great. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I don't I don't know why they didn't go for it. But she was pretty clearly the winner to me Vanessa? early on. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. Also another very beautiful in my opinion Gorgeous. winner. Gorgeous. And she's from Montreal, which is cool. I like the Canadians. Right, that was the whole thing. Like, is she going to move? Yeah. She's going to stay in Montreal. She was a special education teacher. She had a real job. Yeah. She seemed to It be- bothered me that she allowed the cameras into her school. Oh, interesting. I just thought that was, like, in poor taste, but... She's dating no a guy now who looks a little bit like Peter Krause. Oh, really? It's hot. But it's not Peter. It's not Peter. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't see, but Mina just raised an eyebrow when she said he's hot. <laughs> Did a little creepy, creepy shimmy for her. Oh, cute. Good, good for Vanessa. We're getting close. We got to get to 12 because I want to get to 11. Okay. 12, Bachelorette, season four, Deanna Pappas. Oh. Well, now she's now Deanna Stagliano. Um, she was not selected by Brad at the end of his first turn. She went on to choose a guy named Jesse, passing over Jason Mesnick, which was just a huge whiff, but whatever. <laughs> um, I would say Deanna landed this high because Deanna herself just seems like a huge catch. She's great. She's great. She was, she was a great She was so pissed at Brad. And then she just, yeah, she just kind of like held it down for herself as the bachelorette. She was funny. She was cool. Um, like she universal was entertaining. Pro- yeah, it's like high approval rating. Who came in second on the season, remind me? Mesnick. Wait, I thought he came in third. Who came in third? Um, the person who came in third was Jeremy Anderson, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then uh, Graham was fourth. Graham was good, oh, too. Oh, Graham, he stuck around the yeah. Bachelorverse for a bit. He was in the mix. Yes, he was. He, She was really into Graham, too. I think he wasn't as into her. I, I remember that from this season. I think she had a fun time as the Bachelorette. Totally. Which, like, also is fun to watch. Sometimes we- they don't seem like they're having a good time. Weird choice. Yes. Jesse was a weird choice. Because Mesnick seems so great. But- also, he was kind of like a skatery, outdoorsy Yes, he was dude. a professional snowboarder. He was just not appealing, as I recall. Yeah, I, I agree. I just think Deanna herself brought so much more, like, charisma than so many of the Bachelorettes. Like, yeah. Like, I was thinking about, like, Ashley Bear season, and I just, like, I think that, she, like, that was a really good season. She seems like a great person in real life, but, like, didn't have the same, like, on-camera charisma that someone like Deanna had. Yes. And that was just obvious. That season also suffered from, it was very obvious, JP was going to win early on. Yeah. Also, my one of my, probably one of my all-time favorite contestants is JP. JP. Yeah. Oh. He's he's really beloved. He is, the per, like, honestly, the biggest catch that's ever been on this show. I, I agree with that. He's, like, a normal, like, wow, would be happy to meet him in a yes, bar kind of guy. 100%. Yeah, that totally. And wishing him the best in his recovery from Guillaume. I have read about that. Terrible. Let's move on to number 11. Deanna, we love you, but come on, let's just do it. Number 11, (laughs) on the cusp of the top 10. Okay. But I just couldn't do it. Oh. Season 18 of The Bachelor, Juan Pablo. Juan Pablo. An incredible choice. Thank you. Thank you for ranking this high because it deserves it. And it's really, I think history will look kindly on this season. So Juan Pablo 
without a doubt, is a huge asshole. There's no way around that. There, yeah. There's not, you know, he came out of Andy's season. I think that ABC and Warner Brothers really wanted to congratulate themselves on picking a Venezuelan man <laughs> so, as, like, a not-white, diverse choice. Which, which like, is okay, total BS. Yes. Yeah. Juan Pablo chose Nikki and did not choose Claire Crawley. And we need to talk about both in, in equal measure. Let's start with Claire. So, Claire Crawley is a gift to the Bachelor universe. Okay. And... She has provided for a lot of laughs for us, the viewer, and I think that she's taken it really well. And she's been through some shit. So Juan Pablo dumped her, and her response it was, like, probably one of the best speeches, like, ever delivered on this show. And he just, like, didn't understand why she was upset. Like, at all. Like, what, he, he dumped her. What did he say? His tag for, it's okay? It's okay. It's okay? Yeah, yeah it's okay. Are you crying? It's okay. Yeah, exactly. And he he kept and he said that to Andy a lot too. He also said to Claire's face, "I regret having sex with you. My children might see it or something like let that." Me, let me let me Please. read it to you. So oh. what happened was Claire and Juan Pablo, like uh, one night in between dates, went into the ocean together and presumably had sex. They both went on to deny it. I just want to say, but it was very very much implied from the show and then from this conversation. They're talking about it the next day and Claire's like obviously really excited. It's advancing their relationship. She's obviously really into him. It seems like they had some pretty good sex if they did have sex. And here's what he says. (laughs) I hope nobody knows. It was a little weird for me. I'm too fair with people. Maybe it wasn't right. I have a daughter. I don't want her to see what happens if she sees it. And then she was mortified, obviously. And she then once said, uh, she said this straight to the camera crying. It's really upsetting. I knew when we were in the ocean that it was a mutual feeling. If he didn't think it was right, he shouldn't have done it. I would have respected that. And he basically slut-shamed her. And it it wasn't like he, you know, it was like, he just saying he regretted it, which is like really, really hurtful. And like, he didn't, he didn't ever seem to understand the emotional impact of the things that he did, which is why he was such an asshole. Well, he, so he was clearly an asshole, but he also, I think, seemed to have no idea he was on television half the time. Yeah. I think he just was, like, happy to be around a lot of women. And, yeah. like, I, I don't I don't know what he was thinking because he never yeah. seemed like he was having a bad time, but he also never seemed like he was having a good time. I mean, he also was clearly not that into any of them. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. And then poor Claire. I mean, she was just, like, so embarrassed. Understandably so. She also seemed to have come into the show as, like, a pretty self-conscious and secure person, mm. which— you know, who's not? I, I totally relate. But it was really, like, mean what he did to her. It was, honestly, at the time, seemed, like, super transgressive. And I can't believe this is, like, who is this guy? And the producers clearly turned on him. And by the end, Chris Harrison had blatantly yeah. turned on him. That said, I think if it happened today, he would have a big fan base. I, I agree with you. I think also people would be... Amused. More like, yeah, be more amused. Like ironic. And also it would be like, well, yeah, I mean, of course, like he's the he's the realist here, the one who's like not right. buying the into The guy it. who's like, this is ridiculous. We just met. He's I, just like, nah. sex in the ocean. Don't tell everyone. Uh, I don't want my daughter to. Of course you don't want your daughter to know that you had, like, you had sex in the ocean on TV. That might have been a communication thing too. I think at various points, I mean, English yes. is a second language and at various points of this season, yes. you felt like, eh, he's not really expressing himself well here. Um, this season had Charlene. Yes, I love Charlene. Great contestant. Who's still, I've been trying to get her on the pod, just never worked out, but she's, unlike many others, does not ghost me. She actually wonderfully responds, which I really appreciate. Um, Good recapper. Great too. recapper. Like All the prettypandas.com. Yeah. Check it out. out. And let's talk about Nikki, who he selected. When 
So <laughs> he didn't propose, first of all, oh, old school. He does say to her, I like you a lot, a lot. And like, that's kind of it. Then they make out. Uh, and then on after the final rose, it's like the most excruciating sit down oh, ever. Oh my God. Almost always they have the couple together, but Chris Harrison interviewed them separately. And he said to Nikki, is he in love with you? And she responded, I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> then Chris says, has he told you he loves you? And she said, not exactly. And they just both brutal. seemed so, so unhappy. Like, that's the thing about Juan Pablo's season, the one that I think why it's ranked so high, in my opinion, is like, no one was happy the entire time. There was yeah. there was not a fun feeling here. There was no joy or sort of general, like, there wasn't like a lot of frivolity too early on. Nikki, in my mind, just looks like Kate Upton. I'm trying to remember that's her actual. Very, yes, she does look a little bit like her. She's very pretty. Way, way less curvaceous. And she was like a nurse from Kansas, yes. right? Or something like that? I think she's like since gotten married. I feel, I, if I were her, I'd be like super traumatized by this. <laughs> I mean, Juan Pablo just seems like an emotionally abusive person. That there, Nobody else from that season has really like persisted. Um, the... Andy, Claire, Charlene, Lucy, the free spirit had a moment, but she's faded away. And then Lacey was on the season who was big in paradise because of Lacey and Marcus. Right. But she's like now apparently off the map. Mm. So yeah, I think like it's kind of like a, a standalone season of misery and like, like th- a things. Episode didn't, episode yeah. <laughs> but like for that reason, it's super entertaining. And I and I I do think you're right that people would view this really differently now as like the audience has gotten more cynical and like the things that people care about mm. is a little a little bit different. And, but like he is, I just want to be clear, he is an asshole. And that's why he's not what, in the top two. What a comically bad choice by the producers. Like, how do they not see huge with him? Absolute huge way. It's funny because like I didn't think Hannah was going to be a good bachelorette. And then clearly the producers saw something in her and they were right. Yeah. She was an excellent bachelorette. Yeah. I think over time, they've probably learned a little bit about what makes for a good lead. Because mm-hmm. yes, they've some they of these got, they got it down now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what a dud. Absolutely. But it was so entertaining. But also, like, at the time, just like, what a, you're just like, what is this train wreck that I'm watching? Yeah. Like, you, you sort of was like real, like, well, I can't look away. I also think, what year was that? 2011 or something? 14. I, oh, Jesus Christ. I also think that was kind of a turning point of the show because it was only after that that the show became really self-aware. Yeah. Before that, it was much more straightforward. It was I think that's people right. in real jobs, people there to find love. And I think after that, you saw that the show kind of took a little bit more of a cynical turn. After that, Karen Crystals, who was Prince Farming, and he had this, the group of women that really changed the whole Bachelor Nation Some dynamic. Great, great contestants. On yeah. That. And that's when it, and he, yeah, he had Ashley, as we mentioned, Ashley, Jade, Carly, et cetera, that whole crew. And that really changed that. And um, Andy, obviously, just like the whole, everything changed. And this is kind of like the last relic mm. of pre-major social media. Yes. And it was such a mess and so entertaining. And then Lucy the Free Spirit has this song on YouTube where she like, <laughs> which like, she kind of makes fun of his accent, which I really don't like, obviously. Which she like, it's, and it's called like S-O-K, E-S-S, which is like, mm. English is not his first language. Yeah. Like, but on the other hand, he the song is funny. And it's, you know, I think aside from the title, it's not so bad. But, um, you know, she was a real character. She didn't pop off. Someone in the Bachelor Party Facebook group said this, where, like, if she'd come along a little bit I later, I was going to say, yeah, total Instagram bait in yes, 2019. Totally, totally. That's number 11. We got the top 10 to go. And I'm <sighs> ready to tell you, next week's guest, first of all, we're splitting into two parts. On Monday, January 30th, we're doing 10 to 6. And then on Thursday, January Ooh. 2nd, we are doing 5 to 1. And both episodes are with the one and the only the man we absolutely needed to weigh in, 
Chris Harrison. Oh, incredible. Yeah. I'm so excited. Wow. Did you guys agree a lot on the final ranking? Um, I'll just say that I didn't tell him what mm. I was going to—I didn't tell him beforehand. He didn't want to know, so he would, like, just respond. And it was it was really fun. And I think he didn't agree with all of my choices, but it was really fun hearing his stories. Uh, oh, my God. And I'm excited, for, I'm excited for that to hit the airwaves. And in general, this has been really fun. And, like, I'm hyped for Peter season. I hope you are, too. That was the point. I'll get hyped. You'll get I always, I, Juliet, I always get hyped. Mina, I really want you to just, to interview him about the Seahawks. Like, can, what can we do? <laughs> How do we bring this together? Um, well, if the Seahawks make it to the Super Bowl, maybe they'll fly him out and we can make something happen. Who's your boss? I want to, like, send them a, a tweet to be like, hey, I Bob, have an Bob idea Iger. <laughs> At Bob Iger. He's on Twitter. He's super online, isn't he? Yeah, hit him up. Okay. You're like, I have an idea for a synergistic opportunity. After Star Wars, let's talk football <laughs> and Bachelor. Exactly. Exactly. Mina, thanks for doing this with me. It was super fun. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks to everyone for listening. Happy holidays. And I will be back next week with Chris Harrison. Bye. 